This week on the BOAG World Web Design Podcast, we ask how best to integrate research into our projects, how to market our web apps, and are we using too many frameworks and libraries? It's too cold to do the podcast today, Marcus. I'm sorry. I thought you died there for a minute. Oh, it's so cold. It's what? not that bad. Oh, well, it's cold at home as well. Oh, so you no, haven't warmed up. We've all. got no heating. In fact, we've got no boiler in our house. We have no hot water, no heating. It's just turning into a nightmare. Anyway, you can't complain. Why? Because you're going away on a jolly for the next couple of days. No, I've already <laughs> I've already been by the time this has come out. <laughs> and I'm not going away on a jolly. I work very hard when I go to future web design. I'm not only am I doing... Well, it, I wanted to go and I would have been on a jolly. Yeah, you would have been on a jolly. I do stuff while I'm there. But, um, yeah, I can't. I've got to say no. Oh. It's a bit sad. No. Oh. We're just so busy. Yeah. Because we're just so great and everybody wants to work with us. We're that popular. <laughs> which is which is fine and that's so, a good thing. Sometimes you can't do what you want to do. Dear kids. listener, if you... <laughs> yeah, kids. Um, that's really funny. I was listening to a commencement speech from, um, uh, 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 you know, one of these kind of art degree type things. And there was a graduation. You know, always, always have a guest person come in. Yeah. And um, this guy just gave the best speech ever because he, he basically said, life is full of mundane, repetitive, boring shit. It's really <laughs> crap, kids. Yeah. yeah. That's essentially Enjoy what yourself. Said. Actually, it was a really, really good, um, good uh, yeah, talk he gave. I'll put a link in the show notes because it's actually superb. But anyway, that's beside the point. What I was going to say is mm-hmm. if you have a multi-million pound project of really high profile, exciting stuff and you want to work with us, I'm sorry, but <laughs> we can't work with you at the moment. We're just too busy. Pardon me. Yes. We can. We can. No, we can. We can always do. So, yeah. This is this is Marcus. <laughs> Marcus the salesman. Although and he's the one that's really busy doing consultancy work. So there you go. Mm-hmm. It's true. But I don't mind. When can we take on new work, Marcus? I've gone really salesy. What's yeah. going on? Depends what it depends what it is. Right. Um, probably. No. We're, we're this multi-million pound really <laughs> cool job. When can we take that on? August. August. So there you go. You've heard it here first, guys. If you want to give us multi-million pounds, we don't want it until August. <laughs> so there we go. Oh, so. so what are you talking about? What? what sorry, what did you talk about at Fode last week? <laughs> <laughs> it does screw your head, doesn't it? <laughs> well, I've agreed to sit on a UX panel. Right. Um, and I don't know what that's about at all. Um, I'm doing design clinics where people come and ask you questions so i've got no idea what that's about either are you picking up a reoccurring trend here you don't know anything um and no but then i'm doing my proper talk which is going to be interestingly um uh on the subject of one of our questions today which is kind of researchy no actually it's not to do the question now i think about it no what i'm going to talk about is how at the moment as web designers we um really do about a quarter of what i think our job should be okay um that we mainly do implementation builds that kind of stuff yeah um and actually we should also be doing strategy governance and monitoring and iteration the work and i talk about how to make that happen it's really a kind of call to arms of of stop waiting for senior management to give you direction because it's never going to happen yeah okay that's cool. do it yourself so that's that's, that, that's so going to be good. Is it called what, what? What is it? Don't ask for permission. Ask for forgiveness. I have that in the talk. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I found out who who said that. Don't ask me her name because I can't remember. Gracie, somebody. Okay. Very cool lady. Very cool lady right. who did who did all kinds of amazing stuff. We have been saying that to clients for years, though. Just do it. Just do yeah. it. Wait. Wait to see who complains. Yes. And they never do. No. But I'm going to be saying it. 
from a stage. <laughs> yeah, so that's so it's different. So that makes it different. <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, absolutely not. So no, I'm going to try. I'm going to say it again, but more enthusiastically. Fine. And see what happens. No, I, it, it's something I'm increasingly enthusiastic about, and 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 I really believe it. I really believe that. If not us, who? You know that that phrase, which yeah, yeah, I was yeah. really disappointed to find out where that phrase came from, because you always have to look up your sources for these, because it just makes the slides a bit more interesting when you show a picture. Isn't of that from a film, it. or am I getting it completely wrong? Ronald Reagan said it. Really? I know. It's, it's quite yeah. depressing because I quite like the the phrase. Um, yeah, you a, know, a clever person wrote it for him. Yeah. Yes. Does that feel, make you feel better? Yeah, now? A, <laughs> a good speechwriter. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I kind of it's this attitude. Well. You know, senior management don't understand enough about the web. Marketeers only see the web as doing one particular thing, Mm -hmm. which is marketing, Mm -hmm. when it does a lot more than that. Um, And business consultants really are not, they're not tech savvy enough. They're not web savvy enough. And I think it's only us as web designers that really recognize the problem. Um, and so it's really kind of only us that can at least instigate the, the discussion. I'm not suggesting that we kind of have to fix it all, mm-hmm. but that we need to kind of, you know, explain that websites are not online brochures. You can't just shove them online and walk away from it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm going to be talking about, which would be cool. Cool. But really, the good bit about future web design, as you have said, is meeting up with people. and Speaker's dinner. Speaker's dinner. I'm looking forward to that tonight. Yeah. Which is why I have to leave that was Chris good in last, the lurch. That was good last year. I enjoyed that. Yeah. And I was looking forward to it this year, but I'm, I'm working, Paul, not jolly. Although why <laughs> why you should get to go, considering you're not a speaker. No, no. Well, it's I, all I, nepotism, people. <laughs> it's a corrupt system. I, well, I was kind it. of a speaker last year. Oh, yeah, you did a bit of a workshop, Yeah, I did. So it wasn't, it, it, it wasn't completely... Uh, yeah, I wasn't just tagging along on your coattails, Paul. I would have been this year. Yeah, that's true. And I went to a lot of effort to get you a free ticket and a free invite. Joe, I should give it, I should have. If I, if, if this podcast hadn't come out after the event, I could have given away your ticket um, on the show, couldn't I? You could have done. We ought to start doing stuff like that. We don't give away enough to our listeners. No. I get loads of kind of offers of, hey, give your listeners 10% off and it's yeah. like oh screw you that's just, <laughs> just marketing basically of course it is but some, some, I, I can it, get free beasts as well sometimes so perhaps I'll just start doing that yeah and if it's something that people might actually want then, then hey why not although personally I'd prefer to keep the good ones to myself so <laughs> don't spit your coffee out Marcus <laughs> Anyway, should we, we talk about web design stuff? Go on then. Well, we have been, kind of. We've been talking about what I'm going to talk about. Yeah. No, that's confusing. Well, desi- I have to It's a web about. design conference. That's about Much it. more exciting was Doctor Who this week. Mm. But anyway, that's I'm going to buy a story. greenhouse. <laughs> there you go. I've been looking at greenhouses. We're just so... It's like we try and... I try to move it onto web design and then got distracted by Doctor Who and you randomly start talking about dream, uh, greenhouses. And now I've just taken off my new glasses and that's made me think about that and how cool I look now. Do I look cool in my new glasses? Yes, Paul, you look so cool. Thank Do you. Do you believe me? Yes. <laughs> Good. I choose to believe you. So why are you buying a new... Cre- is this is this it's really not what people listen, never, in, listen to? I've never had a greenhouse, so this is quite exciting. Why do you want a greenhouse? So I can grow tomatoes and chilies and peppers and stuff like that. Five minute wonder. <laughs> it might be. Yeah. I don't think so, though. I actually don't think you so. You think you could turn into a, a, a green well, I, I'll be the next Titchmarsh. Whatever. You're gonna... Excuse me, Alan Titchmarsh. How do you say his name? Next right Tit, there. maybe. But... <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, uh, we we had chickens, but they all died. And I, I wanted more. <laughs> Eventually, one of them was oh, really right. old. You, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like you killed them all. <laughs> yeah, then, yeah. Yes, they lasted two weeks. Yeah, um, we never fed them. No, no, one of them, she was nearly 10. So that's really old for a chicken. But anyway, and I, I said to my wife, I would love to get some more chickens. And she said, mm, I, I, well, let's get a greenhouse. And I thought, oh, yeah. So right. now I'm looking at they're quite expensive. Yes, I imagine uh, they probably are. And really difficult to put up. But I'm quite looking forward to that. I put together an IKEA wardrobe because you know, like you think, oh, IKEA, that, that looks all right, and it's really cheap. And then you have to put it together, and you know why it's really cheap. If you ever get the big, massive, two meter wide by two meter tall sliding mirror one, trust me, you will be crying. 
It's the uh, most uh, difficult thing to put together ever. See, I, ju- <laughs> I just wouldn't do that. Uh, uh, it's unbelievable. It's like, you've got to be joking. I've got to try and get this little tiny thing in there. And I'm, this is why you're carrying three tons of yeah. weight you know, at the time. <laughs> trying to get it to slide in between that slot. Not that slot, that slot there. You know, it's just unbelievable. You just wouldn't do that. Do you think people are enjoying this conversation? I reckon they're enjoying it more than web design. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just a reflection on you yeah, rather than, maybe, rather yeah. than okay. them. Yes. So we've talked about plumbing, glasses, greenhouses, mm-hmm. um, Doctor Who very briefly, although not enough in my opinion. Talk about uh, Doctor Who if you like. I just I don't watch it. How do you not? My wife does. So good. Mm. You know Neil Gaiman? You know Neil Gaiman? No. Oh, come on. How call yourself a sci-fi reader? <laughs> Neil Gaiman is one of the best sci-fi writers in, in, in the world. Never heard of him. No way. No. That is incredible. That really surprises me. Is it some new kid on the block? No, no, he's like, he's like the man. No, he's not. He is. He's so not. Right. There is are people... more famous than, I don't know, Alistair Reynolds or... As famous, yes. Really? Yes. Okay. All if right. you are listening to this podcast <laughs> and you, you either, you have to have to post whether you've heard of Neil Gaiman or not. No, but you know We what, ought to do a poll. You know what I can't like. bother to set one up. You read a load of people, and, and uh, you know Reynolds is a good example. He's written probably thirty books, so it takes you that long to yeah, yeah, to read all the stuff. And yeah, Neil Gaiman's a bit like that. I've read everything Ian Banks has ever written, yeah. sci-fi and not sci-fi. Right. Um, Check out it? some Neil Gaiman. Seriously, I think you'd like it. But okay. the reason I bring him up is because he wrote this week's um, Doctor Who episode, ah, right, okay. and he actually wrote another one which was absolutely superb as well. Um, which is um, when the, the Tardis became a person, which was a brilliant episode. Cool, watching the Doctor and the Tardis interacting. But anyway, that's all a huge tangent. Let's talk about web design. <laughs> Okay, this week Paul has chosen no questions that are audio questions, and the first one I have to read is really quite long and hard. Anyway, and it's that- got complicated words in. I'm hungry. right. See if you can get through this without hesitation, deviation, or repetition. Not a chance. But here we go from Nick Thorley. I would like to ask: At what point the number of JS frameworks slash libraries gets too much? I appreciate that the web has to move forward, and new things are. To experiment with are great. However, every time I pick up .NET, there is an example project with a new framework or library. Core, JavaScript, jQuery, CoffeeScript, MooTools, Dojo, Node.js, Angular.js, etc. <laughs> I didn't read that properly. But anyway, no, aren't we fra- fragmenting uh, d- development too much, where in a few years we will have sites littered with JS frameworks that have bitten the dust? Shouldn't we have a consensus? I realise that wouldn't be easy. And take a few frameworks forward, and the people who currently create their own frameworks get involved with the chosen few and improve them so that we have a smaller number of top frameworks. While it's bad enough for us uh, that have been in the industry for 15 plus years to keep on top of it, it must be even harder for uni and college leavers to make up their mind on what to learn and which will survive. Good question. It is. And I have to Pizza say... Mac, Max and VHS, isn't it? it? it. <laughs> yes, Marcus, you never know, that's exactly you? what it's like. Nobody knows what that is anymore, no. do they? No. Oh, God, and apparently someone told me... Was it you told me there was a third format? I think it, it was Chris. Me. It was Chris. There was a third format, apparently. Nobody had ever heard of. And about three people used. Well, it was weird that the Betamax was the better quality one and it lost. Yeah. That was and always the the... Yeah. Absolutely. I had I had Betamax. Did we you? were a Betamax family. Yeah. Only because we won a free um, Betamax camcorder. But that's another story. Okay. I still can't get over you don't know about Neil Gaiman. <laughs> it's really uh, weird. I'll go and have a read about that yeah, while you talk look, about this. Look him up on you, um, uh, Wikipedia. It's a good guy. Um, yeah, I thought this was a really good question, Nick. And... <laughs> Ooh, I, yeah, I, I'd be really interested to hear what other people think. Um, so go along to com forward slash season forward slash six, select this episode and post in the comments. Because I can kind of see both sides of the argument here. Yes, I entirely understand what you're saying, Nick. And wouldn't it be lovely um, if we had a smaller number of libraries and frameworks? Um, but on the flip side of it, they all do slightly different things um, and they all work in slightly different ways. And uh, the trouble is, is 
uh, oh, not the trouble. One of the glories about the web is there's so many different ways of doing things. Mm. Um, there is no right or wrong way. There are different approaches you can use in different environments for different projects. But even more than that, there's just dependent on who you are and your personality and the way you like to work. Um, you know, so... Uh, you know something like jQuery is great if you're a kind of designer because it's very accessible it's very easy to understand it's very much like CSS and you kind of already get that while you know there are other uh, frameworks out there that are much more developer and object oriented and you know and and work more in the way those kind of people think and and I'm kind of fine with that um I, I think the challenge as you say is is to 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 work out what's going to last and what's going to be there for the long term. But even then, does it really matter? Does it matter if you have to move from one framework to another at some stage in the future? It's not like these frameworks stop working at any uh, any point. If you build your website right, it's going to be just as forward compatible as it is backward compatible. It should stand its test of time. And also, let's face it, a website isn't going to stay the same for any length of time anyway. It shouldn't do. It mm. should be evolving and changing. So as new frameworks and libraries come along you can switch one out and put another one in and you know it, it shouldn't be devastating on the on the kind of website and the way the website's constructed and for you in your personal career i think to be honest suck it up you know that is the way the web is things do change at a massive rate and and new things and better things come along the whole time and that that's the other element about frameworks um and libraries is that it's almost like evolution. <laughs> yeah. It's survival of the fittest and the best. But isn't it a case of we aren't talking about massive relearning here anyway? No, not necessarily. You know, you could compare SAS with less, for example, which are, um, are you know, two, two different ways of compiling CSS and uh, pre-compilers to CSS. And, you know, it's very similar in a lot of ways you could easily in fact you can pretty much start writing less in sas and not even you know change particularly and then right. you add in extra bits that sas offers that less doesn't etc so yeah for, to some extent they are they are pretty interchangeable but i think it's also it's this thing of with with variety and and um you know numerous different things comes innovation comes new ways of thinking comes mm. you know different ways of approaching things and when something comes along that is is new um and gets a big following behind it then then great you know then that that's obviously you mm. know a good solution and one dies off because it's not keeping up and whatever so uh, in terms of kind of where to 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 put your money so to speak mm. um i you know I, I always i'm a great believer in being slightly behind the curve <laughs> you know everybody talks about being on the cutting edge we've got to be on the cutting edge or the bleeding edge yeah. and it just gets more and more silly doesn't it um i'm actually i like to be one step behind that so you know i like to see um where certain key people are going you know, I look at, at where certain people in the industry, are, you know, what they're using, you know, what tools they're starting to adopt. And then I go, oh, OK, so it looks like, you know, these guys know their stuff. These guys are normally pretty good judges of where things are going. So I'm going to follow them, um, you know, and you kind of follow slightly behind um, that leading edge. And that's because, I mean, we're a commercial outfit. We yeah. have to do that. We can't be spending our, all our days experimenting with this, that and the other. We need to, if we did that, we wouldn't have time to do any paid exactly. work. But also on top of that, I think, you know, some people are naturally better at predicting where things are going to go, you know, and I can, I can look at a piece of technology and maybe get very excited about it, but I can't necessarily, um, you predict whether that is going to work for the longer term. So I like to see where things are moving and mm. kind of follow the, follow the crowd to some extent. Um, you know, and, and sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't, but most of the time it does. Whether it's any harder for somebody, I actually, he, he, right at the end, he says, you know, it's bad enough for those of us who've been in the industry for 15 plus years. It must be even harder for uni and college leavers. I actually don't agree with that. I think in some degree it's easier mm. um, because, you know, if you came out of university now, 
you know, I think it would be pretty obvious once you've got your CSS, HTML and um, in, in place, you're probably going to look at jQuery because that's the kind of, you know, the very dominant one at the moment. And they're not looking, you know, they're not worrying so much about the long term as perhaps we were because we've seen things come and go, <laughs> if mm. that makes sense. But they come and go over quite a long period of time, relatively speaking. So... I think that for me, the key is not to um, be too influenced by what's in the latest .NET magazine or what's on the you know, latest Smashing magazine thing. Um, I look for things that come up again and again and again. You know, if I hear um, about a new JavaScript library a half a dozen to a dozen times, then I start paying attention to it. You know, if I'm just reading one article in .NET magazine, it's like, oh, well, that looks vaguely interesting, but I'll come back to that when I hear a lot more of it. You get a lot of that as well with, um, you know, things like, um, uh, you know, new CSS techniques that, you know, that, for example, in CSS3, there's all these new layout techniques, you know, to, to layout designs. And it's you read about all these articles on it and stuff, and then when you dig into it a little bit deeper, it's like, well, yeah, but it only supports IE mm-hmm. ten, yeah. you know. And okay, that's going to be really cool, but not yet. Mm. And you know, it's that knowing when to jump and when to invest in things rather than the amount. I think the trouble is if it all narrowed down to like a, just a handful of these things, you know that. I think we would lose the pace of innovation that we've got. Mm. And although the pace of innovation is painful, it's what keeps the web exciting as an industry to work in. And, you know, and I think when you only have a few of these, you'd think that, you know, all the innovation happens in one place, but it, 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 you, it takes a lot of collaboration and agreement, you know, things like jQuery, you know, have become so big now um, with so many people working on them that everything is very well considered. And that mm. leads to a really robust product. But you also want people doing something a bit silly and off the wall at, at the side mm. of that, to, which will then the good bits of that will get roll, rolled into something like jQuery and, and the bad bits will get quietly dropped. Yeah. But you need kind of people off at the edges doing stuff as well. I was going to say, the only, thing, the only thing where I say that maybe this kind of argument maybe does have some carry some weight is when you're talking about back-end development and should i be choosing net or should i be choosing uh php that kind of thing because that really is they are quite different yeah um and Although, I, don't, I don't know how you would make that choice i'm just well i mean yeah you think about the people that you know that invested their lives in cold fusion yeah you know and mm. and that's lot it's not completely gone away but it's largely gone away mm. it's become a an edge case. I, I think if you asked, um, you know, a, a good developer, they would say, actually, it's not as big a jump as you think it is going from mm. one to the other, because, you know, they're, they're, they're all rough. You know, they've got similarities, you know, and if you can learn one language, you can learn multiple languages. Um, but yeah, I do take your point. I mean, there are some things that are harder to transition between mm. than others, but in terms of, I mean, certainly f- frameworks, you know, I, I've mm. got I, – I, I almost prefer to to take a, the best of multiple frameworks, almost roll mm. my own, really. Um, but, you know, I've got no problem with people using frameworks if they want to. But, mm. uh, yeah, it's interesting. I don't think it's that big a, a deal, Nick. And mm. I would just go say pick something but remain agile, you know. Um, pick stuff that's – in the mainstream don't pick anything too out on the edge you know look at the size of the community behind it is always a good thing Mm. number of people contributing to it how active the forums are around it if they've got active forums if they've got lots of people um using it if it's been used on some big high profile sites um you know if it if it works in the way you work um and is compatible with the way you work then then you're probably heading in the right direction and give it a go um you know and again don't even consider anything that hasn't popped into your field of vision multiple times before you know before you go for it don't jump just because you read something in a net magazine article at least not for commercial sites sure i have a play around with it but i wouldn't use it for anything serious mm. then i think that kind of answers the question doesn't yep. it really should we move on <laughs> 
Okay, next question is from Harrison Brown. How do Headscape use research in projects? I've heard a lot about how important it is. No one seems to actually actually say what they do and what effect it has on projects. I'd love to do it, but don't know where to start. Good question. Mm-hmm. So what do we do, Marcus? Go on, you can, you can answer this one. Um, <laughs> uh, we do all sorts of things. We do, and we don't always do the same thing either. No. Um, we do stakeholder interviews. Uh, that's something we've done for years and years. We, um, we've tried various different types of research, uh, ways of researching into our new clients, if you like, uh, some of which we've dropped over the years. Um, but the one, that, one thing that seems to stay... Uh, pretty consistent is this idea of talking to people who have a stake in the in the website mm-hmm. uh, which could be which is usually quite senior people uh, and we interview them individually uh, rather than getting them uh, around the table though some sometimes i'll do i'll do uh, individual stakeholder interviews and a stakeholder workshop, and very occasionally I'll just do a stakeholder workshop. I mean, it's a budgetary thing usually. Uh, it's better to do to have a. I would argue it's better to have a stakeholder workshop than nothing at all. Yeah. But the problem with with getting, I don't know, twenty people who are all quite senior in an organisation round the table, then it tends to become skewed towards two or three people in the room. Yeah. Rather than. Uh, everyone getting their say. I remember seeing, oh, who was it? I want to say Leah Bewley from Adaptive Path, but it wasn't. It was somebody who worked for um, Happy Cog, and they they were. They, it was I was watching uh, basically watching them talk at South by Southwest years ago, and they said they know they know when a stakeholder interview is going to be valuable when the person gets up and shuts the door. I thought it was you that first said that. No. Oh, you stole it from yeah, somewhere else because yeah. you use that line a lot. Uh, yeah, well, cause, well, there you go. I'm repeating it now. Um, because basically, a stakeholder interview, I knew you always have to make sure that you tell people that it's confidential. Obviously, what they say isn't, but that they said it is, is confidential. Um, you know, and hopefully they'll, they'll open up and give you uh, the information you need to make sure that, you know, that... that we end up building the right thing in the end. Mm. Uh, and that's what it's all about. That's why you do research, because we can quite easily go in and go, well, we know about this. I, I can't... I, who are we working for at the moment? We're working for Royal Hospital Chelsea, the, the Chelsea pen- pensioners. Yeah. We could go in there and go, right, this is what you need. Da-da-da-da. Um, we're going to base the design on our view of what uh, Chelsea pensioners are. We're going to redesign your site, and we're going to tell you what you're... Um, you know how you should style your content and what the tone of voice should be and all those kind of things uh, and we might get it right but we might not and that's mm. the point of research and if you do your research properly um, and you kind of look into things deeply enough and you get a wide enough um, kind of swathe of opinion then chances are you're going to get it right first time rather than not and that's what lots of designers are always moaning about um, people that build websites going oh well my client doesn't understand me and I keep getting things thrown back and it's like well chances are you didn't ask them what they wanted or what mm-hmm. they or you didn't rec- you didn't question them enough to kind of read between the lines because often that's what's required um to work out what you know how, how are you going to get it done yeah because that's what it is often you're dealing with politics you're dealing with you know one person in the organization wants x while the other person wants y and actually what we need is a mixture of the two um so if you can get them to talk to you yeah, then you're onto a winner usually. Absolutely, I mean stakeholder interviews are great for so many reasons. Hmm. I, I mean that's not the only there's thing. There's more to it than that. Yeah, 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 there's a lot more to it. Um, Harrison, I actually wrote a blog post on this ages ago. I'll put a link in the show notes, but just for your reference, it's boagwill.com forward slash business dash strategy forward slash research. Um, and it's the best ways to research your next web project. And actually, now, this is a little bit out of date because we do other stuff that's not in here. But we've got um, an expert review, yep, um, which uh, basically is us looking through the site and writing a report. If you want more information on what goes into an expert review, I've written a, a um, thing on that as well. Um, and you can find that link in the show notes again. But um, you can find it at quest- uh, Boagworld dot com forward slash questions forward slash site dash review it's actually a slightly misleading 
term, I always think, because it's not just a review. It's, it, it's, it's review a of, and recommendations. Yeah. And our recommendations, because I talked about us being able to go in and have, a, have an idea, uh, are normally pretty good. Yeah, um, because we've you know, a lot of experience. We're damn good at that. We're so, so good. good. But what what it gives Which you, which is why we can take on that multi-million pound project <laughs> until at least August. Um, because we come out with a bunch of recommendations, we can use those recommendations as a kind of test bed to talk to stakeholders. Yeah, we think blah 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 blah. What yeah. do you think? Yeah. Um, so yeah. It's, so it's the expert review. We do mm-hmm. heuristic reviews. They're kind of yeah, but bundled together now. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, they're bundled into competitor reviews. Tend tend to be. We'll work out a bunch of heuristics that are relevant to the client, which is, I don't know, what's an example of uh, things like page impact. That's yes. a, that's a heuristic. Or how accessible your web, you yeah. know, how accessible the site is, or you know how well the search works. Yeah. That kind um, of thing. And what a, a good thing that we're doing le- lately um, is picking that and I don't know half a dozen competitor sites and measure the site you're working on and all these competitors and you can actually kind of say that you know competitor a you're beating them at this heuristic but they're beating you at the other one and yeah that kind of thing and it actually it comes out with something a lot more useful i think than just measuring against heuristics for the site on its own yes so that's- the content the only thing is is a competitor review which is the next mm. thing i've got in this article can be very time consuming mm-hmm. yes um as i know at the moment as i'm trying to work through one with chris at the minute well there's two sorts there's the one i just described which is the time consuming we've yes. got 50 heuristics and we're going to look at seven sites and that just you know it's, yeah and a little bit of opinion a, a measurement we kind of measure between I don't know, one, one and five one and five so. well we started rating the sites yeah. so if, say there's six sites you rate you know them from one to six but probably. equally you can do a side of a4 yes you could could just look at them and go this one's nice and shiny yes the next one isn't but it's not very but that's that's more opinion based than than heuristics based then there's the analytics review Mm -hmm. which is where you get dig into um google analytics and me and marcus won't have a lot to say on that because that's chris's baby yeah and he's very good at it (laughs) i tend to whenever i do analytics i just look at homepage and i uh, i tend to look at all the links from the homepage. Because you can spend analytics going forever. Yeah. Um, and I just find it fascinating just just uh, where people are going and how popular the links are from the homepage. And you can spend days looking just at that. Just at that. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, the way I've talked to Chris about how he does it, and mm. it's quite nice, actually. What he does is he decides on certain questions he wants to answer before he looks at it. Yeah. And right. I think that helps a lot. And then he goes in and answers those questions, but then it all spring other questions up but having that starting point rather than okay let's open google analytics and look mm. at the default reports you <clears> know <throat> so he does all of that kind of stuff so those are those are the key ones that i cover in that article they are they are kind of the things that we will do about their their our analysis yes. of an existing site and its competitors yes um then we'll talk to stakeholders yeah to get that kind of you know the, People of power's opinion. Yeah. Uh, and we'll also talk to um, users as well. Yes. Often through surveys because it's hard to actually talk to users. There's sur- yeah, there's surveying you can do. We're running some surveys at the moment. One of the things I started doing with surveys, which I quite like, is taking the user stories um, model that's used by gov.uk. Link in the show notes. Yeah, I've just, I'm just about to kick off um, a survey for RSPB, yeah, doing this. Well, I'm, I'm and a, I'm going to hate you, aren't I? Yeah, I'm well, going to hate I, you with an absolute. It, the reason, the reason is <laughs> right. Okay, so this is this is the problem with the survey. It's a great idea in principle. I'm I'm doing it for the first time as well with um, Strathclyde University. Um, so what uh, the, the, a user story basically? I think have we talked about this on the show before. I can't remember. Don't I get confused? <laughs> yeah. But basically, it's a a, um, a little tool that helps you when you're kind of building a site um to make sure that you're meeting users needs so a user story might be i am a type of person so i am a prospective student mm-hmm. i'll use you know strathclyde is i'm working on that um uh i want to and then the task you want to do i want to look at information on um physics courses mm-hmm. um because um, and then you say, uh, because ultimately I want, you know, I am, and then you put the goal basically. Yeah, so yeah. my goal is to decide whether Strathclyde University is appropriate for me to go and study physics at. 
Yep. Um, and so you create a load of these is the idea. Well, it occurred to me that if we're doing a survey, we could get users to do, fill these blanks in mm. and to kind of make their own user, uh, user stories, which is obviously a great idea in principle. The downside of it, of course, is that other than that initial I am where you can put a whole load of different, you know, target audiences because you kind of know the target audiences. The other two fields are open fields. Mm. So what that means is you have to go through. I mean, I just had a quick glance. We'd had like the, the, um, Strathclyde one up for like, I don't know, 10 minutes or something. It wasn't very long. <laughs> and already it had like 239 entries. And I'm thinking I've got to go through all of those and kind of group them because everybody will word things in slightly different ways, but essentially be saying the same thing. Yep. So you kind of got to group those together. So working through them afterwards is going to be a bitch, but. <laughs> Yeah, I actually think it's going to be a re- it's a really useful way it's of doing surveys. That's all I can yeah, say. well, <laughs> why we're trying it on two sites simultaneously and didn't just do it on one mm. first? But you were enthusiastic about the idea. I didn't push the what, that as an approach on the. <laughs> no, RFPD. I'm blaming you. Yeah, I know I'm, you I'm are, but it's not here. my fault. And it will if it be your work. fault. So um, surveys are great. We do things like. Um, then obviously there's testing, there's design testing. And mm-hmm. I, I recently posted about how to, um, test aesthetics, link in the show notes to that as well. Um, and then there's usability testing and that kind of stuff. So there's, there's loads, loads you can do. basically. And then of course we get into the, uh, the other side of things, which is, um, kind of, it's still research, but it's kind of more recommendations out of it, which is the whole governance side, which I've been talking about at um, Future Web Design. And actually, there's a link you can go and check out stuff on that as well, link in the show notes to boagworld.com forward slash governance. And I've now created a, a fancy page that kind of sums that up, um, which looks, it's got all the articles that I've written on governancey stuff, um, you know, and about standards and policies and and creating roadmaps of where the company's going to go and all of that kind of stuff and also has my talk from uh, future web design in there so there's loads to check out there and i'm intending to grow that page over time and introduce other stuff onto it as well um so it would be worth bookmarking that one and keeping a note on it every now and again so yes there's loads you can do harrison um and you know uh, in terms of where to start, I think the things I would start on personally is just a very simple expert review. You going and spending time looking at their site, looking at the probably their competition as well, um, and making note of what you think is good and what you think is bad. Mm. You know, that's where we started in the very early days. That was the first type of, of research mm. we did, um, which, it, you know, in hindsight seems a bit kind of basic and a bit kind of... Um, our opinions but you know when you've been working in web design 10 years or whatever you know that opinion is valid mm. and I, I think spending a bit of time on that at the beginning of a project is very much worthwhile but the other thing that beyond that is is i would suggest creating those you know talking to users and talking to stakeholders is is invaluable if you can get mm. a bit of time to do that even if it's just over the phone and all of this has to happen before you put pen to paper, if you like, or well, I, Photoshop. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but yes, absolutely. Before you start the, the, That's the, the design point. process. Uh, yes. Otherwise, it's not research. Otherwise, it's, well, it, I suppose it is, but. Uh, so, no, because not everything we've talked about, some of the stuff, I mean, we mentioned, for example, usability and design testing. That's true, yes. Which yeah. aren't really research, I suppose you could argue. And the government governance stuff, again, you could argue perhaps isn't research, mm. is, is something that is a deliverable really mm. more than it is a, a research project, but certainly doing the discovery phase upfront mm. before you kick off is really worthwhile. The other thing that I'd recommend, um, which we've, we do a lot of now, um, is we'll do a discovery phase as our initial engagement with the client. Mm. So, so essentially we don't, they don't hire us to do a web design project. They hire us to do a discovery phase, a research phase. Yep. And then our deliverables out of that will essentially be, you know, expert review, might be some personas, for example. It's mm. another thing you would deliver maybe. Um, your, an analytics review you could deliver, um, your heuristic review, but also maybe a brief that for mm. the next phase. Yep. Um, and then they can choose either to commission you for that second phase if they've liked working with you and everything's gone well on that smaller project or alternatively they can put it out to tender yep you know so 
it's a good initial engagement because it's a small little project. It gives the client a chance to get to know you. It defines the brief better. It equips you better to do the project if you go on to do it. Gives the client a, a better brief if they decide to go to someone else. Um, and it's worked really well working in that way, isn't it? I mm. think a lot of people have kind of liked that idea. Definitely. Okay, so that, hopefully that answers your question, Harrison. We shall move on. Okay, final question from Jason. Jason doesn't have a surname. Nope, didn't give me a surname. Okay, any suggestions for me from you on the best ways to market a new subscription-based online business? Any personal advice, reads, posts, podcasts, or a good outlined process that you'd recommend for me to begin my marketing? Good question. I'm probably with the worst people in the world to ask that. I have got a clue. Well, we, we had a good go at it, didn't we? We get signed off and failed miserably. So, mm. <laughs> interesting. I, I included this on the on the show because I think whatever you're marketing, you know, whether you're marketing yourself and your personal brand, whether you're marketing your web app, whether mm. you're marketing your agency, I think there are certain approaches you can use um that in my opinion work well um or certainly have worked well for me and i i think a lot of it um it, in my opinion marketing has to uh, successful online marketing has to offer more than hey look at our service this is great yeah, you know, you've got to go and drive a Rolls Royce into a swimming pool or something, haven't you? To get in the news. <laughs> Hire a PR agency. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I mean, that can work if you've got the budget to do it. It does work. Mm. Um, but a lot of us don't have the budget. And if we've been developing a little you know, web app on the side or whatever, it's, it's very hard to, to find the budget for that kind of thing. Well, wouldn't we do what we're doing now? Yeah. That's what we did do. And it wasn't the, I don't think the marketing of, um, uh, what was it called? Get, Get sign, sign off, off. Uh, was the problem. It was just took too long to develop. That. Yes. The moment had passed. Yeah. So it was a big thing. Yeah. Do what uh, we do. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but let's break that down. Yes. What is it we do? You know, how, how do we get to the situation where we can't take on another multi-million pound project until August? Um, so, <laughs> sorry. I just, I, I'm in sales mode today. I don't know. Anyway. Um, you know, how did we become so incredibly popular and successful? Um, I think, you know, the things uh, we've done exactly that. We don't talk about headscape the whole time. No, we, we, talk we talk about, about greenhouses. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we do. And lack of heating. Yeah. And important issues such as that. Mm. No, um, we, we share knowledge. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I often, the way I, because I run a, a uh, workshop on um, guerrilla marketing um, and I ought to actually find that because that's that's a, um, would be really useful and give me lots of ideas of what to include on this discussion which I probably should have brought up beforehand shouldn't probably I really should have done. Um, yes the, the key is to talk around the product rather than about the product mm. right so in our case our product is web design services so we talk around that product so we talk about you know, um, how to run your website successfully, things like that, Mm. all right? Instead of saying how great we are, we kind of demonstrate our knowledge. So let's say if your application was um, a budgeting app, all right? Um, Then what you do is you talk about budgeting, you talk about finances, you talk about managing your money, um, talk about getting out of debt, paying off credit cards, saving for pensions, all those kinds of things that people struggle with. Boring. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> rather than <laughs> rather than talking directly about your product and your product will come into it from time to time um but i think then what you're doing is you're creating a um a community ar- around related issues about the product rather than because nobody's going to like hey yes i want to be spammed on a regular basis that you know you've upgraded to version 2.1 of your software and it's now got widgets in it you know but they will subscribe to maybe a blog th- um about web design or mm. r- you know running a successful website so i mean or, that's kind of part of my attitude i mean saving th- for a pension yeah. really I, well people do yes oh, just because just because you I don't, don't think no <laughs> you don't think about the future doesn't mean other people don't 
Um, Gotta live for today, Paul. Oh, well, I've got to give, I, <laughs> well, I, Yes, but to live for today, you need money to be able to do that. Yeah, so you work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, I use, um, uh, I've got a budgeting app called um, uh, YNAB, which is You Need a Budget. And I'll link in the show notes, actually, to that. Okay. Um, and they have a blog associated with it. And actually, it's a really good blog. I, ca- I quite enjoy it, actually. It's a lot of the time, it's just kind of little hints and tips. And, and you know, it's not as boring as, you know, you need to get a pension. It's not a guilt tri- kind of trip, but it's just a kind of, you know, ways to, to um, r- you know, keep your receipts or, you know, uh, or just little... <laughs> no, I'm really not saying it. In fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring up... I'm going to bring Ways up the website. Ways to keep your receipts. Yeah, that, I, let's actually have a look at what their blog has got on at the moment. My brain went dead when I tried to come up with it. Blog, here we go. Um, let's have a look. Let's see if it is as boring Um Yeah, the, things like, it's probably a good idea to make uh, go to the supermarket, do the supermarket run on foot rather than in the car because you'll buy less right? That's not good advice, because you'll come back and you'll go, oh no, I didn't buy that, and my dinner well, party depends. is ruined. You will it <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> keep Monopoly money out of your budget, and about, you know, how um, certain money doesn't need to go in your budget, other things can. Five questions my mum asked me about getting started with their, their product, so they have talked about their product as well. Mm-hmm. Um, why most serious budgets neglect their biggest category, and, and just talking about some of the categories that go into blogging. Um, they do a podcast as well. Um, you know, why, why worry, you know, um, uh, how not to worry about money. So you get the kind of ideas. There's, there's, there's some stuff in there. Uh, it's probably not the best subject to select for Marcus because <laughs> he so doesn't give a shit. Um, but it's quite interesting. But I think, so talking around your product, but I think beyond that, you've got to, you know, you've got to find a voice that you're kind of, to stand out of the crowd. You've got to be confident about your product. You've got to really believe in your product. You've got to be passionate about it and get excited about it. I mean, the example I always use with this is um, Gary Vanderchuk with Wine Library TV. You know, there are th- but, you know, See, now that's something that I'm interested in. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, essentially just sells wine. Yeah, that's what he does. Know, but, just talk, and and, it, but the whole thing that goes around wine about growing it and, yeah. and I'm drinking it, obviously, but the kind of it's associated with being sociable yeah. and your friends. Yeah. It's just like this great thing that yeah. everyone – that's something I would happily listen to. Yes. To and someone. subscribe to. Yeah. Yeah. And somebody that – um, you know, I mean, there's th- what thousands, hundreds of thousands of wine sellers out mm. there, you know, but Gary talks with such passion and excitement about the wines that actually I've got no real interest in wine, but I like listening to Gary because yeah. he's, you know, passionate and enthusiastic. And the other thing is he's opinionated, mm. you know, so he will, he will say, no, this wine's shit and don't listen to what other people say about it. Mm. I think it's really rubbish. It's overpriced, you know, and that mm. kind of stuff. And I think that makes a big difference and that kind of helps build an audience. And the other thing that I like about him, and I think we do this quite well as well, is we're human. Do you know what I mean? So, so we could be come on and all professional and we're going to talk about web design and, you know, this is the strategy you should use and be all... And use silly voices. Yes, well. use, <laughs> use silly voices. But actually... People like people and they like to be engaged and they like to feel um, people buy from people. Mm. And for example, there are products I use again, actually wine apps a really good example of that, right? You know, when I, I write to, you know, I, I submitted a bug once to wine app um, and the owner writes back to me mm. and it actually um, Rachel Andrews and Drew McClellan who run perch, a, um, a, a kind of tiny little content management system um, linked to perch. Um, you know, th- they, they don't want to grow any bigger because they want to be the ones that are doing the support. They want to be the people that are there talking to their customers. Mm. And I think that goes a long way to kind of really engaging with people. Yeah. Um, another great example of, of, of a big, bigger thing, which is quite impersonal, that's kind of tried to add that human element in is Moo. Mm. Do you know Moo cards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Link to Moo cards. Um, and they have this, when you, when you place an order, essentially you're ordering business cards. I mean, they, mm. they make it a bit fancier than that, but that's really what you're doing. Mm. So you're ordering business cards and essentially you, you, 
lay it all out on the website it goes straight to a bit of software that then goes to a big printing machine and mm. then it turns out there's no human involved in it mm. but what they do to get around that is they send you this email um which is from little moo and little moo is their <laughs> their software and hello i'm little moo I'm, I'm the computer that kind of does it and it, it's just great when i had something go wrong with with my um order once and i got this email that said hi i'm little moo we've spoken before i'm the piece of software that manages your order at noon <laughs> i've done a very bad thing <laughs> and it's like you can't get angry at this yeah, thing because yeah. it's got character and it's got tone of voice mailchimp is another great example yeah, yeah. of that um what else have i got yeah so it's this whole thing of kind of talking around your product um in fact do you know what i'll stop there because we could go on forever on this mm. But I will put a link in the show notes to um, the slides of my my presentation on online guerrilla marketing 101. Um, hopefully, they make, they kind of make some sense without all the kind of notes and 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 waffle that goes around them. But it, it's about being human. It's about being passionate. It's about being enthusiastic. It's talking around your product. It's building a community of people that are enthusiastic about it because mm. they will share it. Yes, you know, exactly. in the same way as I've just sat here and I've talked about Perch and how mm. great that is. I've talked about YNAB and how great that is. I've talked about Gary Vanderchuk and how great he is. You know, all of that is, you know, is examples of a viral marketing where, mm. you know, it's been passed word of mouth just because people are enthusiastic. And I like to think that people go out there and do that with us as well. well I know they do, mm. which is why we're now up to six listeners rather than <laughs> three. So, so you know Six it proves listeners. that it works yes which is great all right so hopefully that was a little bit of help to you jason um yeah i think that's about it isn't it it oh, is yes joke uh, yeah you you who was the joke from today because it was it, oh it we're gonna do make, my, the joke that i think it was jason actually it was somebody, uh, um it was one of the people that submitted a question today okay let me see if i can find out who it is i didn't realize we were actually gonna use that joke that's right. I remembered it, Paul. I can do it. I want to. I want to. Yes, it was from Jason. Okay, thank you, Jason. This is my kind of joke. <laughs> what do you call a seagull flying across the bay? I I know the answer, so I can't say what what you know. What is a seagull flying across the bay? A bagel. <laughs> I really liked that. Too. <laughs> it was a good one. Thank you, Jason. That that tickled us. So yes. hopefully that that was your repayment for <laughs> yeah. us answering your question or vice versa one or the other. All right. Thank you very much, guys, for listening. We will be back again next week with more of your questions. Keep them coming in, by the way. We're really enjoying them. You've, you've been submitting some great stuff. Thank you, guys. And speak to you again next week. Bye. <laughs> Cool